Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Hopefully. So for any stragglers that came in, my name is Bill, and uh, I'm going to do a little quick intro about who I am. I'm not in the center. I'm messing you up, aren't I, JP? Okay. You know, sometimes I'm behind the camera. So this is my ch- chance for revenge because there was one day John was sitting here and the whole time JP said, when, when we go up, you come take over the camera. As soon as they come up, he starts running back and forth like a wild man. So I'm on the camera doing this. And so this is my chance. But anyway, a um, little bit about myself. You know, I have two sons, two daughter-in-laws. And they're all fantastic. Two grandchildren. We all know how grandchildren are. They're like super fantastic. And uh, I'm such a crybaby. Gosh. Okay. So uh, what I was going to say is my, I won't look at her. My wife. Proverbs tells us that an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. I got a big crown. (laughs) She's put up with me for 33 long years. And uh, so anyway, enough about that. Um, You know, I was saved at, at age 13. That's 40 something years ago, and uh, at a little Baptist church in Bandana, Kentucky. And uh, shortly after that, I was introduced to full gospel, Pentecostal, spirit field, whatever you want to call it. There's 900 labels for it. And I've sort of been in that type of, of environment ever since. So I guess you could call me a Baptocostal, <laughs> something like that. And, and I'll tell you, I, I like an old hymn once in a while, you know, but I also like the jump and shout and run all about once in a while. And, uh, but you know, I've been judgmental in the past where you look at somebody and they're standing there like this. And I think, how in the world is the Lord dealing with them? And then I look at somebody on the opposite end of the pendulum, it swung over here, and they're just acting like, You would on a playground, just running around acting silly. And I'm thinking, how in the world can the Lord be in that? But man looks at the outer appearance and God looks at the heart. Very good, very good. So uh, I want to get you guys involved this morning. So anytime you hear me say God is good, I want you guys to say, oh, yeah. So we're going to practice, okay? So God is good. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. If you will turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 9, and you're going to see me taking my glasses on and off a whole lot because I can't see you with them on and I can't see my Bible with them off. So let's pray, okay? Father, we thank you for today. 
And we thank you. Hang on a minute. Hello. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Hey, did you see that you game last night? Uh, I don't know. Why are you calling yeah, me right now? I'm trying. I'm hey, trying. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, uh, you want to go fishing after church? No, I'm, I'm busy right now, man. Can you leave me alone? No. Hey, did you hear about hey, the Thursday I'm, night? Thursday, Thursday night? night? Yeah, I heard DJ, about Thursday night. I'm hanging up. Bye. I'm busy. <laughs> okay. So that was all staged. Thanks to Lauren Biggers. He's hiding somewhere. There he is. Okay, I'm going to talk about fight for focus today. So that was a perfect distraction. Pastor John has been sitting up here, and, you, and he's sitting at the table with the Lord. He has a single table, and he has the big table. So when you get in uh, a situation where you got time to go into the quiet place, into your closet and close the door, you want to shut these things off. Matter of fact, don't even take it in there with you. Because if you're like me, Lauren calls me, I'm in the prayer closet, I answer it, and the next thing I know, I've forgotten completely about what I'm doing. I was in there to spend time with the Lord and be focused on Him but as soon as we hang up, I guarantee you, I'm surfing the web, reading something. I don't watch TikTok, but I watch a lot of YouTube. So I would find something to distract me. So I'm just encouraging you, put that away. And when you get into the quiet place with the Lord, take nothing with you except maybe the, the scriptures. Don't even, I would say don't even take your phone. If you use your phone for the Bible... That's fine. Just don't take it in there with you. Take the paper one in there because that one can't, you know, I've tried. My Bible won't pull up YouTube. So how many of you have ever been driving a car and you, I'm telling you, it's a scary thing. You glance away for just a second and you've crossed the center line. You've run into the ditch. Uh, you, heaven forbid, cause somebody else to have a wreck. We've all been there. We've all done that. They say don't text and drive. Well, okay, we're going to go play the Wayback Machine here. Don't text and drive. How about don't change CDs and drive? How about, let's go back a little further. How about let's don't change cassettes and drive? Oh, we're still going. How about don't change the 8-track and drive? Okay. They talk about texting and driving being so bad right now. It wasn't any better when you tried to pull the CD out of the sleeve, flipping through it like this, you know. And uh, there's something else I wanted to say about that. I don't remember. Oh, another thing. Let's, in, in, when I was in school, high school, uh, you were taking a test. And how many of you have ever just spaced out on test? You're sitting there to test, and all at once, you, you know, school had a window, and you're just staring out the window looking at the bird sitting in a tree. You know, and, and then all at once, the teacher goes, five minutes. And you're like, holy smokes. <laughs> five minutes? And it's one of those little fill in the dots. So then you're going, A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, F, 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 F. 
or you're drawing a face. You just fill in the dot so it makes a smiley face, you know, on the page. But when the test is over, there's no do-overs. I don't know about today, but when we were in high school, you didn't get a do-over. So if you flunked it, you flunked it. Because you were distracted. So what about our spiritual lives? Have you ever been so distracted for just, I mean, even for just a second that you derailed or you caused somebody's walk with Christ to uh, crash or run off in the ditch or you run your own off in the ditch? We are so easily distracted anymore. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I can, I can be having a conversation with somebody and they're over there doing this. What'd you say? Like, well, I just want to go, was I talking? You know? And the Lord is that way. He wants our focus, just like what Pastor John was saying about the, the single chair. So there's no do-overs. At the end of the day, you can't go back and repeat that day. It's gone. Distractions cause casualties by our inattention or lack of focus. So we have to question ourselves, have we ever damaged somebody else's spiritual walk? And I would say I have, because I've been distracted away from focusing on Jesus to focusing on self, focusing on this life. You know, we've just, we've uh, given up uh, certain things in our life to gain more money, uh, to gain more this, more stuff. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. So I'm going to tell you that uh, in America, we think about, oh, he came to steal my stuff. Or he, may, he came to kill my life. Or he came to destroy my family. Well, I'm telling you, it's much deeper than that. He came to steal your time. And he came to kill your time with the Lord and to kill your spirit. And he came to destroy your relationship with God. So the devil don't care about your stuff. What he cares about is your relationship with God and your prayer life. He's gonna, he wants to kill your prayer life. If he can kill your prayer life, He's going to kill and destroy your relationship with the Lord. And then you become ineffective. And who are you distracting when you're ineffective? I'm telling you, if, we, if you have a business, and I just glanced over here, if you have a business and you have employees, you have some of the greatest opportunities to minister to people and to show them how to walk with the Lord just in how you act. All right, Luke 9. Let me get there. I put these little tabs in my Bible because I don't use it. I do IT for a living, so there's a time I don't want to mess with a computer or a tablet or anything like that. Luke 9, 51. Okay, what we're going to do this morning is we're just going to go through and I'm going to share some things that are um, 
examples of focus, how focused people in the Bible and the scriptures were. So we're going to start with Jesus, Luke 9, 51. So God is good. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. See, I, if I was sitting up there, I'd already forgot what I was supposed to do. So Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up. So it's talking about Jesus' time to be crucified and resurrected. Uh, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But, when they, uh, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Isn't that the way we are? Get them. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to, turn the page, destroy men's lives, but to save them. So they went to another village. So there's all kinds of things in this piece of scripture about uh, the Samaritans didn't like the Jews, the Jews didn't like the Samaritans, but what we're going to look at this morning is he steadfastly set his face towards Jerusalem. Some translations say resolutely, and, and it's an unwavering determination, okay? So Jesus knew his purpose on this earth. He was sent to save lives, and he wasn't going to save any lives unless he accomplished what God sent him here to do. So he set his face like a flint. He was focused on going to Jerusalem and completing the task that God had for him. Are we that way? I'm not. And how many people, just like the two uh, disciples right there, you know, they went to this village that says that they didn't receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. Maybe Jesus was so focused on what he was going to do to save their life that he might have just, he didn't really shun them maybe. He just didn't give them the attention that they wanted. So the disciples were like, let's get them. And Jesus is like, no, I have to stay focused. I have to stay uh, uh, an unwavering determination to Jerusalem to complete what God has set before me. He was focused. And I, he fought for that focus. I mean, he prayed with great drops of blood. I can tell you, I've never been bleeding while I'm praying. In Proverbs 4, uh, verse 20 through 27. So let me jump over there. You guys can go there. Proverbs 4. This is some good stuff right here. Proverbs 4, verse 20. And he says, My son, give attention to my words. How many dads have ever said that? In incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. 
let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder or consider the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left and remove your foot from evil. That's some pretty tight focus right there. Look straight ahead. Consider your path. Ponder. Okay, have you ever been on a path and you're just like, man, I don't know if I should be, I should be on this path or not. We've got to, we've got to be focused. So consider where you're walking and who you're walking with and what you're walking toward. So stay focused. Stay on track. In Matthew 7.13, he says, Enter at the narrow gate. Wide is the way. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. But we're to enter at the narrow gate. And I don't know how many of you are, are uh, bow hunters or deer hunters or whatever, but if you shoot at something, you're, you're focused right on where the crosshairs are or the bead or whatever it is. It's focused. You can't just you can't just randomly shoot in the air because you're who knows who you're going to hurt. You got to be focused right on that. Narrow is the way, so we're to we're to target the narrow way, the narrow gate, the one that Christ led us in. You know, I I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, you know uh, when you're playing basketball, if you shoot and it hits the backboard and doesn't go through the hoop, you don't get any points. So let's say you go play a basketball game and you, got, and you just get slaughtered. But you're like, man, did you see how many times I hit the backboard? <laughs> but you still got beat. You still got whooped. You got to be focused on getting the ball through the hoop. We got to be focused on getting our life right so that the people around us see Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's not about money. It's not about food. Although we like those things, it's not about stuff. It's about Jesus. My wife has a shirt that says, Make Heaven Crowded. Only thing you're taking out of this life is your friends, family, relatives, people that acquaintances people that you share Jesus with they're the only ones everybody that you get saved that's all you're taking with you you're not taking your cars you're not taking your houses you're not taking your money so make heaven crowded god is good yeah. <laughs> in matthew 26 jesus was going to pray and he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he said, stay here, remain here, and watch while I go pray. So he went to pray, and this is where he's praying with great drops of blood. So he's gone about an hour, and he comes back, and they're asleep. We got to wake up. I'm, and and it, the scripture even talks about how Jesus was, he was sort of surprised. You know, can you not... Watch with me for one hour? Are you that sleepy? And I like sleep better than anybody. But are we that sleepy 
that if we get a phone call in the middle of the night, we can't get up and pray for somebody? If the Spirit wakes you up, are we just so sleepy that we can't get up and pray when He wakes us up? Are we just so asleep that we don't hear His voice when we got a stranger that comes up to us and, and the Lord says, share Jesus with them? Are we, that, are we that asleep? Are we that out of tune? Are we that lack of focus that when He speaks, I had a conversation with a friend about uh, when you come off the off-ramp of an interstate or something and there's somebody down there asking for money or at a stoplight or whatever. And, and I, said, um, I said, well, he goes, well, I just don't think I should give money to them. And I said, well, I don't disagree, but if the Lord quickens you and says, give them 20 bucks, you better do it. Because it's not about what they do with the money. It's about your obedience to him. And that you were so focused on the Lord that you heard his voice and you're like, he said, jump, so I better jump. He said, go, I better go. He said, give, I better give. Pray, I better pray. We got to be focused because we're going to miss opportunities to make heaven crowded. Pray and watch. You know, in Ephesians 5, says Jesus is coming back. This is where the rubber meets the road right here. He could come back before I'm done speaking this morning. Are you ready? Are you ready? He's coming back for a church that's without spot or without wrinkle. And the only way we get that way is through the blood of Christ. He's coming back. We got to be ready. And when he comes back, don't you want everybody to go with you? Don't you want your family to go with you? Don't you want your friends to go with you? Well, don't be distracted swapping out CDs when you should be preaching. Second Peter, let's turn there. Second Peter verse or chapter three. Is this okay? Second Peter chapter three, verse 10. There's some heavy stuff. God is good. Second Peter three, verse 10 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. The earth and the works in it will be burned up. So that's why we need to lay up treasure in heaven, not here. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for the hastening and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. So what manner of person are we to be in holiness and godliness? I think holiness 
is a lost thing in so many churches. You know, it's God said, be holy as I'm holy. So that we're not holy, but we're to strive for holiness. We read earlier about putting perverse things far from your lips. You know, what monitor what you watch, what you read, what goes in your ears and your eyes. Pay attention. Godliness, it's being like God. God can't look at sin. When he crucified Christ, he turned his head away. We should be the same way. But we don't. Myself. There's things that go in here, stuff that comes in here, and there's a whole lot of stuff that comes out of here that's not godly. And how many other people am I derailing with my lack of focus on who he is? Another one. We won't turn there, but uh, in Matthew 14, Peter. So Jesus, they're on the bank of the lake or whatever it is, and, and uh, he said, uh, get in the boat, go to the other side. I'm going to dismiss the crowd and catch up with you. So they're out in the middle of the lake. The wind's contrary. means it's trying to blow them back against the bank. And, and late in the night, he goes walking out there on the water. Jesus does. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. And he said, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter, I love Peter. He goes, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. He didn't just jump out of the boat. He said, Lord, you command me to come. So Jesus said, come. Okay, so let's... Let's put some stuff in here that ain't in there. What are the other disciples thinking? Peter, you crazy. What's the matter with you? You can't walk on water, man. He, I guarantee you, he did not hear one word that they said. They're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost and this and that. He did not hear what they said. Why? He was so laser focused on Jesus that when Jesus said, come, he didn't hesitate. He just got right out of the boat and walked on the water. And when did he start to sink? He started to sink as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus. As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus. If your life is sinking, put your eyes back on the, the one. He's the only way. He's the only one. So when you're sinking and the storms and the waves and all this and you thought, Man, my life was, I was following Jesus and I got distracted. Lauren called me while I was in my prayer closet and I got distracted. And now I'm sinking. But what did Peter do? He said, Lord, save me. And he did. He just reached down, picked him up and they had to have walked back, didn't say the boat was right there, so I think he just picked him up and they walked back to the boat on the water. So don't get down on yourself. Just say, Lord, help me, save me. Up you'll come. Is everything going to be perfect and rosy? Absolutely not. 
We'll have trials. We'll have tribulations. We'll have problems. But we got to stay focused. We've got to stay focused. we got to make heaven crowded because that's what it's about. Another one is uh, David. So he goes out. He goes, his, uh, he, his dad tells him to take some bread down to your brothers. They're down there arguing with the Philistines. And uh, Goliath's out there. And he's, you know, talking bad about the God of the Jews. And he's talking bad about their soldiers and how big of wimps they were and all this kind of stuff. And then David's like, who is this Philistine that he can say those things? He was appalled that these his fellow Jews and, and uh, warriors weren't going out and whooping on this guy. So David says, I'll do it. So Saul calls him into his chambers and says, uh, David told him, said, I've killed a bear, I've killed a lion, and, uh, and he described how he did it. So he said, I'll go do it. I'm not afraid. I got the God of Israel behind me. I'm going. So uh, Saul says, okay, I'll let you do it. What does he do? He puts all of his armor on him. He puts his chainmail suit. He puts his, all this stuff on him. And I can just see David all weighted down because of this armor. He can't move. He said, I can't use this. So he takes it all off. You can't pick up somebody else's armor. You got to let God armor you for your situation. We can't pick up somebody else's armor. I can't wear, I'm picking on Lauren today. I can't wear Lauren's armor. He can't wear my armor because we have a different battle we're fighting in our lives. God is good. All right. So David goes out. He shucks all that armor. He grabs some stones. I think it was five stones out of the creek and his sling. And he goes out, slings a rock, kills him, takes the giant sword, cuts his head off. And he was young. That's something else. If you're young in here, do not let anybody underestimate your walk with the Lord. Don't let old folks derail you. If you're focused, you stay focused. You don't let old people that <clears throat> have messed up a lot cause you to be, a, uh, be distracted. Don't you run somebody's young car off in the ditch. I'm telling you. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to help them, coach them, lead them. It's not to derail them. So David was laser focused. He didn't care what anybody else said. Paul and Silas in Acts. How am I doing on time? Good. Uh, Acts 16. They got put in jail. What are they doing in the middle of the jail? Yes, and singing. Now I'm telling you, I've never been to jail. But I'm thinking that if I got put in jail, I would not be <laughs> singing. And they weren't just in jail. They were in the middle of the jail in stocks and irons singing. They were so focused on making heaven crowded and preaching the word that they didn't care. 
whether they were in jail or not. They didn't care what people thought. That's a big one for me. What are they going to say? What are they going to think? You know, just like people on the internet watching this, what are they going to think? We got to get over that because if when you care what people think over God, what God thinks of you, you're already derailed. So let's turn to uh, Hebrews 12. Twelve one. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here it is. Here's the key of everything today. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Even he had to face shame. Have you ever, have you ever had some shame, some pain? Jesus faced that. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. All right. We're going to go to one more scripture, and that's Matthew 24, verse 3. This will be the last scripture. You guys okay? Okay. God is good. That's so funny. John will never give me the wand of power again. <clears throat> Matthew 24. <clears throat> starting in verse 3. And this, they sat down on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately. Okay, you got the, the single table, and then this is at the big round table, because his disciples came to him privately and saying, tell us what will, uh, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed, <clears throat> excuse me, that no one deceives you. Take heed. In West Kentucky, that means, boy, you better check yourself. <laughs> That's what that means. If anybody in here had sons, and they looked at their son, boy, you better check yourself. That's what that means. Jesus is saying, guys, check yourself. You're not going to stand before God the Father of judgment with anybody else. It's you, not your wife, not your kids, not grandmama, not mom, dad. So you better check yourself. Take heed that no one deceives you. Oh my gosh, there is so much deception today. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, for the end is not yet. 
for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and COVID-19 and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. That's already going on. And then many will be offended. Oh, I'm sure there is nobody that's ever been offended in 2020 or 2021. Nobody has ever been offended. And they will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. Is that happening? Yeah, everything I've read is happening. You can't let your love grow cold. We can't. We can't. We can't. You don't make heaven crowded when you're cold. You, we got to stay warm. It's, it's going to be tough. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Okay, here's the, here's the final thing. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Through all of that that I just read, we have to keep preaching. Through the famines, through the pestilence, through the wars, through the rumors of wars, through the lack of love, through the lawlessness, we've got to keep preaching. Because the end's not going to come until this whole thing has been preached all over the world. And there's people, and it blows my mind, there's people in our community that have never had the gospel preached to them. You know what? It says in 2 Timothy, said that uh, people are always learning in the last days. People will always be learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the truth is Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me. So we've got the, I always say, the, the knowledge of man's, or the, the, what is it, the knowledge of man's, uh, what? Man, wealth of man's knowledge. See, my crown. The wealth of man's knowledge at your fingertips by the internet but that you can learn anything. You know, change the brakes on your car. Go to YouTube. Type it in. Boom. But they don't know Jesus. He's the truth. He's the way. And for everybody in this world, we're the answer. We have the answer, not we're the answer. We have the answer. And the answer is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Regardless of the question, Jesus is the answer. So let me tell you about Jesus. He was there at the beginning when God created everything. And he, he took on flesh. He became one of us, born of a virgin. He grew up, he lived a perfect, 
sinless life. He never did anything wrong towards God. A lot of people think he was wrong way he talked to people. I mean, when he called somebody, hey, you brood of vipers, they were probably offended. But he never sinned. He lived a perfect life. He healed everybody that he come in contact with. They took him. Really, he gave himself, but they took him. And they spit in his face. And they wove a crown of thorns. And they put it on his head. And they smacked him, they ridiculed him, and they mocked him. And he did it willingly. And they whipped him so that he didn't even look human anymore. And then they made him carry a cross. They laid him on the cross and they drove nails, big spikes through his hands and his feet. They nailed him on there and they stood him up in that hole. They gambled at his feet over his garments. They shoved a spear in his side. And you know what he said? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the heart we should have. When somebody messes with you, you should be like, God, just forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. When somebody says something bad about you, when something does, somebody does something that hurts you, Jesus is our example. I'm telling you, I need you guys. And you need me. Because there's some family members I have that may not listen to me. Jesus even said, a prophet is not without honor except with his own people in his own country. So they can look at Lauren. Some people that know him growing up said, what's Lauren? We knew you when you were young and rowdy and wild and crazy. We don't want any Jesus you got. But one of you could go up there and preach to the same person. And they might be like, oh my gosh, some water, some soul. But God provides the increase. So Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then he gave up his spirit. They put him in a tomb. He stayed in the ground three days. Now, doesn't this story just make everything else pale in comparison? Three days. And on the third day, he got up. 
God is good. He got up and he was seen by many for 40 days. It's said that let everything be established in the mouth of two to three witnesses. At one point he was seen by 500, so why don't we believe it? So he wandered around the earth for 40 days, visiting everybody. And then he goes to heaven, and he takes his blood, and he sprinkles his own blood on the altar as an atonement for us. And then he sat down. All authority, all power in heaven and earth has been given to him. But it doesn't stop there. It says he forever and ever makes intercession on our behalf. So if you ever think, well, nobody's praying for me, Jesus is praying for you. And you know what? He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because the horn's going to sound, the trumpet's going to blow, and God's going to say, go get them. And I don't want to see any of my loved ones not going. So I need you guys to preach. You need me to preach to our family members and our friends that won't listen to us. Live with focus. Fight, contend, battle for focus. Take time. Get in the quiet place. Throw the cell phone away. Fight for focus. Time is short. Everything I just read, you guys said it's happening. Lawlessness in our own country. Are you ready? Is the trumpet going to blow? Is it going to blow today? So I just, if the prayer team would come, I just want to tell you, if you don't know who Jesus is today, you should. That's just a brief description of everything he's done for you. He did it for you. He didn't do it for himself. He was in glory. He was in paradise. He was in the utopia. He came as a baby and lived 33 years in a body of flesh for you. He went to the cross for you. He died for you. He rose again for you. And he's seated in heaven right now praying for you. So I'm telling you that Knowing Jesus, becoming a follower of him is as easy as ABC. Put A up there if you would. Accept. Accept the fact that you're a sinner. Accept the fact that you need a savior. Accept the fact that you can't do it by yourself. Accept the fact that without him, you're going to go to a place that was never intended for you. Except the fact that if you do go to that horrible place, that you sent yourself there, 
Jesus and God didn't send you there. God provided a way. You just have to accept that way. Let's do B. Believe. Believe on Christ and the blood that he shed. It's that simple. It's not hard. Let's see. Confess. So you accept that you're a sinner, you believe in Christ, and you confess it with your mouth that he is the Lord and the Savior, and he is the only way. There is no other way. None. It's not like spokes on a wagon wheel that every path leads to God. It doesn't. Every path leads to judgment. But when you're standing at the judgment, God said, what did you do with my son? Oh, I loved him. He was so good my entire life. Did I get distracted once in a while? Yeah. And I'll just say, if I've ever derailed anybody, I'm sorry. Because it was not my intention. Crucify yourselves. So if there's anybody today that you don't know Jesus and you want to, you just come up here to one of these people. If you have a prayer need, sickness, or you just need prayer for whatever, you come see one of them. I'm finished. I hope that was okay. And I hope it changed somebody today. Somebody. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.